Well, what can we say about PhDs, right? We have a lot to say about PhDs. I think that we like working with PhDs. I would go even further to say that Firms Consulting has made a lot of decisions in the last few months around redesigning what we do and adapting what we do to make ourselves more PhD friendly. And you know, if you step back for a second, our decision to, to go after PhDs went hand in hand with our decision to beef up our commitment to placing female consultants into the most elite consulting firms. So when we made that decision that we're going to bring in a lot of female consultants, we never targeted female MBAs. It was It just didn't seem... Thinking back on that decision, I don't think there was any particular reason why we decided not to go after female PhDs, sorry, female MBAs, and went after female PhDs. I think at the time we had a lot of female PhDs writing to us, and we thought that this was a group that was really not well understood, and our job was to find them, work with them, and develop them. And and the kind of um, you know challenges uh, uh, PhDs face, forget about them being female, we started off with female PhDs, but obviously we have a broad network of male and female PhDs, and it's about 50-50, it's equally balanced. But the, the challenges PhDs face for us were things that didn't seem that big, but because they didn't have a dedicated source, we thought we needed to, to deal with this. So as a PhD candidate, you're in a position whereby all of the people you spend all your time with, you know, your supervisors and so on, want you to be a great scientist, right? Your supervisor is not spending his hard time, sweat and blood and tears on you because he wants you to become a McKinsey consultant. Hell no. He wants you to become a researcher. So you're in this position whereby during the day, you've got to be the world's greatest researcher and during the night, you've got to be doing your research about McKinsey. You're almost living a double life, right? You can't go to your research, to your supervisor and tell him, this is what I want to do. Yeah, you could, probably could, but I'm going to tell you right now, 80% of supervisors are not going to be very accommodating of your plans to quit all the work you are doing and just leave. They don't want you to do that. So in a position where I find a lot of PhDs want to do something, but they can't be open about it, right? They have to live a double life. And I think that can be frustrating and I think that can be difficult, right? Secondly, it's almost as if PhD groups or, or consulting clubs are very ad hoc. They are they exist more as a loose collection of individuals who are talking about shared interests rather than the very well-organized, well, relatively well-organized MBA case clubs whereby you've got consulting firms coming in, you've got case competitions, you're teaching people certain techniques and so on. So all of those things are missing. I mean, so a few clubs I've seen are well-developed, but most of them are not that well-developed, right? So you've got this PhD who's living a double life. He doesn't know or she doesn't know where to get advice from uh, and basically doing all the wrong things, right? Beyond that, there's also another problem. You try telling your supervisor that you want to take three months away to go serve your internship at McKinsey. You basically have just signaled to them that you're not interested in doing research. So you're in this position whereby if you take the internship and it doesn't lead to a full-time offer, have you hurt your relationship? Do your parents think you're a failure? Or... You do it, you jump in, hope to convert it. So it's a very difficult position to be in, which is why most PhDs, when they're trying to make this jump, they try to do it as close to the end as possible, and they try to do it with, without an internship on the cards, but to go for the full-time offer so they don't actually have to signal their intentions just in case things don't work out. Now, beyond all of those landmines you've got to face as a PhD, you've also got some landmine for your cases. Firstly, 
I think most PhDs don't know how to write resumes, and let's be clear, most MBAs also don't know how to write resumes. So you're in this position whereby you have to write your resume for a business audience, but you've got no one there to help you. And I've seen the advice that on online, I'm sure there's some good stuff, but I've never actually seen something so outstanding that I'm going to say definitely, you know, go on and read this material. It's going to help you. So there you are trying to craft your resume, craft your cover letter, and even for some of the most talented PhDs that I've come across. Their resumes were not particularly great. The best PhD candidate I've ever met, I basically rewrote an entire resume because there's a certain style that you need to have, right? So there you are working with your resume, working with your cover letter. Let's assume you get an interview, right? Now you get an interview, what do you do? All of the case material is for MBAs. Everything is for MBAs. And PhDs are recruited and tested in a different format. For one thing, you are tested for your ability to see the big picture and deliberately make assumptions. PhD cases are deliberately designed in such a way that there's a lot of useful data, but if you chase all of the useful data, you cannot finish the case and they want you to fall for the data trap, right? It's just a common trick. I used to do it all the time as well when I was a partner. Give someone so much data, all useful data. So that's the key thing. For an MBA, you give them some useful data, some not useful data, because you want the MBA to sift between what must be prioritized and not. For the PhD, you give them all useful data, but again, you want them to sift between what needs to be prioritized and not based on their need to see the big picture of all the 80-20 rule are focusing on those things that will lead them to the right answer in the quickest time as possible, or at least worth the effort that you're going to put forward, right? Now, PhDs basically fail that trap every time. The other thing PhDs are, are being tested for is communication skills. If you listen to the podcast on females, I would tell you there that we designed a lot of our thinking around communication based working with female candidates. Now, I'm not saying we're going to turn all males into overly feminist people or bring out their feminine side, no. But it's about knowing how to deliver a certain message in a certain um, um, style that you want to communicate to the interviewer, whether you're male or female. We developed that when we worked with females. For PhD candidates, it's very similar. You are being tested for your ability to work in a group. Can you work in a group? Can you communicate? Can you talk in a way that is very simple for people to understand versus getting bogged down into the detail. Because for a lot of PhD candidates, they think talking with too much detail is good, but it's actually bad. I always tell people I want detail, but give it to me in baby talk. If you've ever practiced with me, you know I use the word baby talk a lot. I want you to talk to me like I'm eight years old. Not like, you know, I used to be a senior partner at some point and so on. I don't want to hear any of that. Talk to me like I'm eight years old and all I can watch is Teletubbies. But I don't have eight years watch Teletubbies today but they did a few years ago, right? So PhDs definitely face these unique challenges. Now, if you watch the consulting offer, half of that program is dedicated to training PhDs. So you can see exactly what we do to train PhDs. I'm not saying we do the same things if you're in the program, but we follow a gener generally the similar approach. And you can see the amount of effort we take into training people how to read a graph correctly, how to communicate what you read in the graph, how to brainstorm how to take those brainstorms and build out structures for analysis. That's all of those things we developed for Felix. Felix was a PhD from Yale. Are things that we developed that we now use with all of our other um, PhD clients, right? 
So you can think of the, of the consulting of our offer as almost a lab for the way we train people. And in fact, the biggest initiative we have for PhDs is still to come. We're busy working with that with um, Kevin Quine, the former worldwide strategy uh, global practice leader for McKinsey. Myself, we're busy working on a program for PhDs, which we'll only release next year. You know, pretty amazing stuff there. But the point is, PhDs are a very important part of firms consulting. We like working with PhDs. The selection criteria is exactly the same. We're looking for outstanding people that with some pushing and some nurturing can reach their potential. Now, if you're a PhD and you're thinking, should I make the jump into consulting? I think that you want to be sure you want to make that jump. It's, it's a tough jump to make. I think it's obviously fulfilling, but I spent my whole life in management consulting. I spent 11 years at a firm. And then I spent another three years managing a boutique firm before I went into firms consulting. So I'm a career consultant. I can't compare these things. I can't tell you what's right for you. But don't don't feel that you have no resources to get that. I think that you know there's a lot going on at the moment to get more PhDs equipped, and we're certainly making that effort. So ask yourself if you want to make if you want to make the jump into management consulting, you need to decide that. No one can decide that for you. And if you think you have you know, the attributes we look for, strong personality, um, strong value system, the ability to learn, and you want to make an impact in management, because then certainly we want to hear from you. But at the same time, if, if someone asks me a question, Michael, do you, th do you think I'll enjoy management consulting? I'm pretty much going to put an X on their screening interview, because if you're not sure if management consulting is for you, you should not go through the screening process because if you're not sure, you're not going to enjoy it. So only when you're sure management consulting is for you, make the decision to you know go through our screening process or you know make your own application and so on. Now, when I say you are sure consulting is for you, obviously I mean you know as sure as you can be. You can't know everything, right? And most of the forums and blogs on the internet are all bogus anyway. They'll tell you what you want to hear versus really understanding the nuts and bolts and the philosophy of management consulting. But I strongly believe PhDs have many of the skills to be outstanding consultants. And certainly our you know, fellows, firms consulting fellows, who are our most important advisors, current and past clients, majority are PhDs. So we do rely heavily on PhDs because we see the value they bring.